Here we go with the countdown. Six. Six. Five. Five. Four. No, 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 no. You start at three. Oh. When I see what I'm saying, when I, that way, your response is synchronized in real time, not to the recording. Oh. So when, yeah, yeah, yeah. You start at three. I start at six. So when I get to three, you start counting down. I understand. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I thought you just wanted the track of us both going six, five, four, three, two, one. Um, no. Got it. No, 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 no. Uh, but that's a perfect opening clip, so I'm happy. Great. <laughs> this is Colin. 50 million buckaroos. This is Chris. I couldn't talk to my phone to make my lights turn purple. La-di-da. Computer was a gateway. You know, we all want the internet to exist. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. So it's cool. Cool. This is Shiny Podcast. Following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest gaming, and technology. Hey, buddy. How you doing? It's been a while. It has been a minute or two. Several. 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 Feels like since we've been gone, the... Since we've been gone. Everything... Everything has exploded and changed. I mean, it feels like the universe has gone through just, like, massive massive upheaval that I, I i don't know where to start so much stuff has happened we're just gonna like have to pick up right here yeah i don't i i think trying to actually cover the last couple of months would be uh overwhelming <laughs> you to know to say the least yeah it's um it's been an eventful couple months both personally sure. and in in the in the technology world Speaking of which, I think uh, I think we should sort of let the audience in on what's going on a little bit, maybe behind the scenes and what we're kind of thinking to, well, to make this show even better, to make it so we can do this show <laughs> consistently and like, you know, be sane and, and deal with all the stuff that 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 life has to has to throw at you some way sometimes so uh but guys uh i moved you know my house is no longer that house i have a different house now and it turns out that's huge and requires a lot of focus and not a lot of ability to podcast i don't know what you're talking about i've heard it's very simple and a very straightforward (laughs) easy process yeah yeah Totally. There's almost no paperwork involved, and yeah. moving, moving the physical aspect of moving really isn't that bad, I've heard. No, it's a pretty easy logistical kind of, you know, it's basically like tic-tac-toe. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out it's actually the opposite of everything that I just said. The polar Truly. opposite it is the worst Truly. of all of those things. Truly. It is Who knew? so much. I mean, it's worth it in the end, but still, it's like, it's ridiculous. So... That is an example of, you know, an inevitable life change that, you know, perhaps on one end of you, you have a greater perspective than the other on how much work it actually Mm -hmm, takes. For sure. But you, you've got a sweet, sweet house. (laughs) I do got a sweet house. Actually, I'm talking to y'all from my office in my house, which is pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. And I'm looking at my beautiful, beautiful PC that my dear friend Colin here helped 
construct. And when I say helped, I mean, he pretty much did all of the work. (laughs) It was an honor and I love doing it. And I actually felt a little bad that I, I just kind of took the reins there, but it was, it's so much. The truth is, the truth is that, you know, this is, um, you're definitely better with hardware than I, and that's just a truth. (laughs) And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to let the, uh, capable hands take care of take care of that mm, but that did case, a great job that case just like yeah the cable management it was just great and it's just like a nice clean uh, i love it mm. yeah came out came out great looks really sharp uh and now it looks even sharper with you know that brand new sapphire rx 580 in there nice oh my god what an upgrade well, yeah, from it's a, a it's, dead GPU, yes. From a dead <laughs> it's a GPU. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Which it's it's been long enough that I don't I don't know if anyone remembers, but yeah, there were some there were some problems with uh with Chris's computer was sick and was uh, sick puppy. we tried very hard to diagnose the problem and it may have been all along a GPU just just dying like and when we finally tried to plug it in again to the new motherboard. Kaput. Kaput. Yep, that's what happened. <laughs> it was quite the tale. Maybe someday, maybe someday we'll re- recount it in song. <laughs> maybe. But on to shinier topics. We're... There's some things I thought we should sort of discuss, and we have like an open forum. This is some of the first time I think this is probably the first time we've talked about some a lot of this. But there are some things I've been feeling, and I wanted to uh, throw this out there, not you know kind of behind the veil because I think that you know it's a conversation that you know we should all have together. We should all we should all be involved in this, and um, you know it's it's kind of some there's some big changes coming up to the shiny podcast. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to make sure that um, that everybody's in on that conversation as we as we you know try to make this the best it possibly can be. So one thing uh, we have been discussing in the background is the, that we think we'd like to change the format of the show a little bit. We're thinking about instead of releasing sequentially. In a linear, perpetual stream of episodes. Right. We might switch to the seasons format. Yeah. And I think p- part of the, the thinking there is I, we have a tendency to, to, to go real strong for, uh, for you know, three or four months. And then there's inevitably kind of a, a you know, life ten- starts creeping in and uh and we wind up taking an impromptu break and and i think um i think it'll really benefit our listeners to have it in that format it also means that we can do fun stuff for like season finales and and that sort of thing but also we'll have built-in breaks and it'll just be part of our format and i think that's going to benefit everybody yeah i think it's going to be it's just a more natural way of doing it for us i think the when we do a season, I think we'll commit to a certain number, like a minimum of episodes. Mm-hmm. And that way, there's like a known chunk of time. And the breaks in between will have to be sort of based on what is going on at that time. Because, you know, 
Life is not getting any less busy. But nope. I'll tell you, right, making this podcast is one of the most fun things possible. I love getting together with Colin and everybody, you know, every single week. How about every day now, if possible? <laughs> uh, sponsorship inquiries can be sent to yes, hello at yeah. shiningpodcast.com. <laughs> Yeah, no. so I, I think um, I think I think that those are going to be really positive changes, and and um, you know more more to come when you know that actually gets off the ground. But yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be good. Another thought I had, and and Colin doesn't really even know it at this moment, but I sort of <laughs> I sort of uh, asked him to take the first step right as we were beginning to record is we're going to change how we do the editing a little bit. And I think this is going to make it both easier on us, which is always, always a primary concern. But also, it's definitely going to increase the quality for the end listener. So I'd like to move to a, what's called a double-ended recording paradigm. And what that means is Colin and I both record this show at the same time. We have, uh, we're both recording multi-tracks. He's getting two separate streams of audio on his computer one's his voice and one's my voice and i'm getting the same thing mm -hmm. what we're both getting on the opposite end is the version of our co-host's voice at high quality but having been you know streamed over the internet and so in some cases you are absolutely just at the mercy of the greater network what a double ending, and 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 it and it can translate into you know dropped packets, uh, worse audio, yeah. all sorts of glitching. I mean, it, 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 there's a bunch of ways that it can go wrong. So what a double ended recording is, uh, we record the multis the same way we have been, but then at the end of each episode, uh, whoever is doing the editing, the other person will send them both of their local recordings. And then we take the two versions of two local versions of each other's audio and just edit them together. That way, both sides of the conversation have their, their the, the best possible recording of their voice. And I think it's going to cut down on a lot of bullshit. Yeah, that'll be great, because honestly, um, I don't know if, if when you're editing, you, you see you have the same problem when I'm editing. Um, there's a lot of um, and I don't know if it's related to, to this. It could be something else. But there's a lot of bleed from um, your track into mine. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to edit that out on my track. And it's it, seriously, it's like any gap in in waveform on my end. It's like filled by like a bleed. Um, and it's it, it adds a level of tedium to the editing process uh, that borderline, you know, psychotic episode into sync. Right, <laughs> right, like, right, right. Yeah. And, luck, and, and hopefully that will not be present in your local recording. Yeah. So, it, yeah. so we'll see. I think it's going to really cut down on crap. I, I really yeah. do. Crap, yeah. glitchy <laughs> crap, weird sounding crap, you know, stupid audio artifact crap. Get rid of the crap. Just get rid of the crap. Flush you know, it. it's, and, and so I think... Word. In the uh, interest of, of pursuing ever greater audio quality, that's, that's uh, I think, the best thing that we can do for season two and going forward. Okay, here's one I'm a little nervous about, but I'm just kind of going to say it because this was definitely a source of burnout for me 
that I did not realize until after the fact. So I'm going to say in advance that if what I'm about to say offends you, probably a good idea to stop listening to the Shiny Podcast. It's probably a much better idea to go hide in a cave and try to procreate with farm animals because that's the greatest contribution (laughs) to the human race I can think of. However, here's the thing. If we lived in a universe and on a planet that had that based its decision-making process as a people on facts, this would not be an issue. But unfortunately, in this day and age, increasingly, facts and the technical details of both new technology and just the news at large and the decision-making process around events that happen in the world are not... They're not critically digested in good faith using the facts at hand, using the best science, using the best evidence. And you all know what I'm talking about. Especially in America, there is a situation where there is a two-party system in control of the government. And one of them believes in basic science as a truth and one doesn't and i can't report news anymore pretending that that doesn't exist i can't articulate the reality of 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 the world dancing around this perception of there being some people who would be offended at the way that facts are are presented and it's not that i want to be a jerk it's not that colin and i want to like go like turn this into a political show It's not that at all, but it's just not tenable to report accurate news or information about technology when, like, like literally, there is a political party in control of the government today that doesn't believe in fucking climate change. So, like, how do you how do you square that? You know, so I'm just going to call it out. That's that's I have to because it's driving me insane. Word. So that's that's just what's up. And if uh, if you guys are all on board and you like that, well, then let's go, baby. But if that pisses you off, honestly, just find another show. Yeah. Yeah. Find find another show to bury your head in the sand. Because this because, you know, this is real. (laughs) This is real. We deal with facts and the as much as we possibly can try to have the 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 greatest accuracy in what we're talking about i'll call out anybody i don't care what side of the aisle or who you identify with or self-identify as like any bullshit that is technically provable to be so we'll call that out yes it's just we will be objective to the facts but man when it in the realm of technology at least there are those who have made bullshit a party platform and i just can't hack it and for what it's worth, I think uh, neither Chris or myself are registered to either political party. Nope. BT dubs. Not at all. Never have and never will be. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's a big one. I think that's going to really help just, I mean, I already feel more relaxed getting that out. You know, I think that's going to help 
just get a just establish a baseline i don't know like i'm just sick of of pretending that people can interpret you know you can interpret the facts as you will if you're doing it in good faith and using critical thinking skills but anyway i should stop ranting because there's more to talk about (laughs) we could yeah we could One thing I'd really like to do in this new paradigm, especially since it seems like uh, we are going to be starting to chug, especially in season two here. We're going to start to get going probably around the time that technology news basically goes to sleep because everybody goes on holiday break for, you know, right now until January, you know, 15th or so. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. just what's up. For the end of the month, honestly. Yep. And so I would like to, and I've started the bones of a couple of these. Uh, I'd like to create some episodes that might not be uh, wholly focused on the news of the day. Uh, kind of like we used to do with the deep dive section. Mm-hmm. But just really take like a, a a larger technology topic and really explain it and 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 just kind of go all into that. And um, there might be some some ability to turn that into other kinds of content because going forward, we're also going to get some help. Our dear friend who's been on the show multiple times, dear friend Davis, has offered to take over the social media aspect of this entire project. Thanks, Davis. Thank you. Dear God, thank you, Davis, because... uh, We suck at it. Yeah, real bad. Real, real bad. Real, real bad. Real, real bad. I just... I don't... I I appreciate certain aspects of social media. Um, I predominantly for me it's a way to stay connected with my family that's that's you know very scattered um geographically um but not emotionally <laughs> uh you know we, <laughs> we 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 all we all love each other very much but we don't live near each other um <laughs> so um uh it's a it's a good way to stay in touch uh and when with friends and, and family and whatnot outside of that i don't really give a shit about so <laughs> like um that's not true, actually. I really like Twitter um, for political stuff and and kind of keeping keeping in touch with that sort of thing. But um, I'm bad at using it, and I'm bad at using it in the context of this show. And so that Davis made that very kind offer because he is very good at it, very um, good at and it. he has has a great mind for for things like that. Um, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. So he's going to not only help us promote and make sure that we're covering our bases, but he's also going to make sure that, you know, we respond in kind on all of the channels accurately and, and you know, personally when necessary. He's going to help us, you know, just kind of keep us a little honest. So with that in mind, please feel free to engage us on all of the channels. And Davis, I don't think we told you officially, officially that this is happening, but this is happening starting right now. So you'll be hearing from us. <laughs> not on social media. Probably though. not. On a, you know, we're some crazy new ubiquitous messaging platform that works on all systems across the network in all corners of the globe. 
carrier pigeons. I was gonna say email, but that works too. Oh God, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about some news? How about some news? <laughs> so, as as we mentioned, you know, there, there's there's too much to, to to cover everything from the past couple months, and so we picked just a few things that that are, are happening right now that I, I think are, are are worth mentioning. So, one of one of them, you know, we 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 had an episode. Um, I forget it was a few episodes ago. Uh, Fallout, Fallout, kind of the lead up to Fallout seventy six, and and you know it's it's uh, impending release, and 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 so in the in the meantime, um, during our hiatus, the the game has been launched. Uh, it has been out for a few weeks now, and boy, is it not going well. And I think most people anticipated some growing pains, especially since. Bethesda has a little bit of a reputation and in fact sent kind of a tongue in well maybe it wasn't so tongue in cheek but uh, basically an email a few days ahead of the uh, official launch <laughs> basically saying uh, please be patient there will be bugs to work through in the initial stages of the game. Now a few problems might not be so bad uh, might be excusable but the level to which the game is not functioning the way that it is supposed to is um, inexcusable. It it very much feels like the, a very classic tale of a company wanting to get a video game out ahead of when it's actually ready to be released. They are perfectly willing to take the money uh, of all of these people and give them a half-baked product with the promise that, you know, they are going to fix any problems that come up instead of just keeping their heads down, give it a little bit longer and, and release the game when it's done. And it feels very much like, um, their, their marketing and advertising team is in charge of the game production. Mm hmm. Because it feels like, well, we've we've got to we've got to get this in for for this for this season. Like we we don't want to lose the momentum, and I understand that perspective for first for a little bit, <laughs> but to to um, to release a game that is so clearly not finished um, is is upsetting. Uh, I have not bought it. I have not played it. Um, because I wanted to wait to see how, how this is all going to shake out. And that that's unique for me. I mean, I, I as I've said on the show before, I'm, I do not condone pre-ordering. That being said, occasionally I do do it for franchises that I have a lot of faith in. Uh, but I couldn't um, I couldn't do it for this one. And I'm glad that I didn't. So what are some of the issues that they're having? So on a technical level, uh, just lots of lots of uh, uh, glitches, lots of um, uh, some some performance issues, uh, some just mechanical issues like uh, damage output and player inventory, and you know the way that you interact with the world. You know a lot of those issues, and then we're talking about an just issue like hard glitches and bugs in the system that 
that yeah. that they built. Like it's not it, it. We're not just saying like it's bad. We're saying like no 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 no. Like the inventory like disappears. <laughs> like your buildings yeah. that you build disappear. Go away. Yeah. They don't persist through and, saves. <laughs> yeah, which is a problem, um, especially considering this is a completely online game and you are trusting that the, that the information is being stored in a way that you'll be able to access it again when you sign back in and it's being it's been a problem. The other problem is stemming from Bethesda not being forthright with the community on the fixes that they're going to make. So they'll release a bunch of changes, detail what those changes are, but in the background, change a bunch of other stuff without telling anybody, um, nerfing certain aspects of, of, of the game um, and, and not saying anything about it and players just stumble on it. Like reducing and, the amount of damage a particular weapon would have. Or right, or fusion core, um, which is how you power um, a bunch of stuff, including power armor. Um, the lifespan of that got nerfed. And yeah, damage output got on certain things got nerfed. And so. And there, there are a couple of other things here, um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to, to, to those. But the, the theme here is that Bethesda is not generating much goodwill with the gaming community and seems incapable of, of bridging the gap right now. And I know that the game is only a few weeks old, but this is, um, this is bad. This is real bad. Less than a week ago, the game was on sale for $35. Yes. For a couple days. For, for a game that is two weeks old. That is not good. That is a bad sign. For anyone listening who doesn't really, you know, pay attention to video games or play video games, that's really bad. You know, I mean, you, you obviously understand the general concept. A, you know, a company reduces the price of a brand new product two weeks out of the gate. Like, that's by a lot, by almost half. That's a, that's a um, lot. That's a, a lot. bad sign. Yeah. And so some of the other issues... Um, uh, one being so the the collector's edition um, came with a, a, a few things that came with a wearable helmet um, and it came with um, like a poster and some um, uh, uh, like figurine plastic figurines and a map, I think um, I just said that. Um, and but it also came it was supposed to come with a carrying bag for the helmet um, that. Um, that was advertised as being made of canvas, like a nice, like heavy canvas material. Um, and so it turns out that a lot of people really cared about that bag. And so when people got the, uh, got the collector's edition, uh, opened it up, the bag was made out of like a nylon material. Um, like it looked like, it looked like a strong trash bag. Yeah. Material. Right. That's a good way to put it. Like, like a cheap rain fly um, material. And <laughs> so uh, everyone who got the collector's edition was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And, you know, double checked, made sure. And, and sure enough, all, all of the advertisement for the collector's edition would, said it is a it is a canvas bag. And so now, in addition to a glitchy game, they have a false advertising problem. <laughs> 
And so they're working to rectify that. So if you did get the collector's edition, you can submit a ticket. They are going to um, replace the bag, but it wasn't before general or uh, before um, talk about the um, worst like response in the first couple days. Well, right they're the care team for their like merchandise distributor was and, and Bethesda as well was basically like, we didn't anticipate how expensive it was going to be to make the bag. And so we weren't able to do it, but we took your money anyway and sent you and hoped you wouldn't notice. <laughs> like some of the emails that uh, were coming through were literally said, like, there are no plans to, to rectify this. Like, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before, before the, before the uproar was enough to, you know, you can submit the ticket now, but before that, yeah, they were like, sorry, you're SOL essentially, which is, Again, the opening two weeks and your game is not performing very well, that is a bit of a PR nightmare. Unfortunately, the, 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 the flaming garbage truck has only just sparked. Um, so <laughs> if you had submitted a ticket this one, for any, for any this reason, one um, me. there was a brief period of time in which uh, a an average person, a uh, 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 player of the game, um, you know, whatever, had access to the ticketing system. The like, I'm presumably Zendesk. I don't know what they're using, but Probably. the the help ticket system for the game. And by access, they could create and delete tickets. They could uh, read. Um, uh, the information from that, but also had access to personal information such as addresses, usernames. Um, presumably, they could uh, do some damage to your online like uh, uh, game file. Um, I Which don't know, is a whole no. But, we can cover that too. That's a that's 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 it's an interconnected issue. But th there's a different vector. Yeah, not through the tagging right. system could they do that, but um, but they could they could I don't know if somebody wanted to do some harm, they could get some information that would help them in that endeavor, uh, but also um, credit card information um, and 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 that sort of thing. So all of a sudden, their PR night nightmare turned into a GDPR nightmare. Yes, I also don't buy that. They said that a limited number of people for a short amount of time. I think that's probably bullshit. I think that they I know. probably I'm, had the thing yeah. wide open for the better part of the existence of this, you know, Zendesk or otherwise help desk software instance. And because they have very good logs, they can see that it just nobody did it until this time. And so that's what they're leading with. But guaranteed they didn't. Somebody didn't just like in a, a week before Fallout 76 was released, come along and turn every end user into an agent you know what i mean like that didn't just happen yeah so sorry <sighs> i've spent way too much time in zendesk this week no i <laughs> no i i completely understand i'm i'm trying to be um um i'm trying to be impartial but as we discussed at the top of the ranty. show that's a, that's a good no way to be. no it's, it's <laughs> yeah cool good Good cop, yeah, bad cop, totally. you know? <laughs> bad cop is donut here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so there it is um, on, on that level. Uh, so Fallout 76 is not doing well. And missed, uh, there's uh, Bethesda a, there's the response is not to the bag, this very well. Uh, after that was the, um, 
So first they were going to do nothing. Then they offered the equivalency of five dollars in game currency. Oh, I forgot about I forgot for about their, the five hundred atoms. You know, yeah, mod right. workshop or whatever. You know, the the aftermarket yes. work, workshop. Your compensation in fake in-game currency for the bag thing. I forgot. Which, by about the way, that. was a two hundred dollar product. Here's yes. five bucks, kid. <laughs> oh, fake money. Yeah. Here's five fake yeah. dollars. Yeah, not two hundred dollars for the bag. Two hundred dollars for the collector's edition, but. Is a component of it. I bet they just looked at, you know, how much they spend on the bag. Uh, or like, well, let's give them double that value in, in in-game currency. Fucking ridiculous. That's <laughs> insane. It is insane. It just, it just, um, incapable of, of not tripping over themselves in this. Um, I don't know what is going on at that company, but what I what I think I know is that I if even if Bethesda manages to fix all of the problems with this game and their PR dumpster fire that they have created, <laughs> they have orchestrated this entire thing themselves. Um, I wonder if the company is going to survive because, as Chris pointed out, this becomes a GDPR issue and if you recall there are some very heavy fines per instance of of breach of of this kind of thing and um if if Beth especially if Bethesda doesn't do uh doesn't report to them <laughs> you know uh in the timeline that they are are obligated to they could be on the hook for quite a bit of money and I question whether or not they'll survive that I mean that is an extremely good point the GDPR is real and has teeth. And the only reason that, you know, the first round of infractors were able to, to deal with it is because the first round of infractors were Google and Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, they could absorb they could absorb it's, that. Now, Bethesda is a big company, but they are obviously not Google or Facebook and don't have billions of dollars to throw right. around. Exactly. This is. um also, before the, we, the, uh, I, uh, let me back up here. There's the side of the multiplayer technology itself that they that they built to accommodate this system, and it sort of is is. Um, well, here's the thing: when you give when you use the same game engine for every game you make for 12 years and you give the community yes. the very modding and creation tools that you yourself use to work within it you develop an army of extremely intelligent and experienced hackers of your platform now the first the first round of beta testers and 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 my understanding is it's only been partially plugged it hasn't been completely plugged uh discovered very quickly that the in, that you can you can manipulate the game files of fallout 76 on your local on your computer and there's no validation on the server there's nothing on the server that checks to see like hey is is that is that legit you know that that gun is a one hit kill for everything is that like how it's supposed to be working there's no function to to check that at least in early releases um if you 
switch on God mode on your character because you use console commands. There's no validation on the server to inhibit that behavior or to automatically ban you. There's nothing like there. There's no there's no systems in place to to catch people who are trying to 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 do that. And furthermore, the launcher itself on two such on two occasions during the beta when you would think ostensibly the beta is a time to you know get feedback from the community on what doesn't work so you can improve your product the the launcher because you can't use steam you have to use the bethesda launcher deleted the game files the moment the game became unlocked for the beta session this happened on two occasions and the inevitable inevitable result was that everybody lost their game files at the exact same moment and then hit the download servers again at the exact same moment twice so for many people the very the like the, the entire experience was ruined and they you know of course were the ones who had to pay top dollar because the only way to get into the beta was to pre-order baby mm. there's a lot of layers to how pissed off and why you know how pissed off people are and why they're so pissed off i mean this whole experience has seemed just like a joke from the get-go yeah no it's uh it's just bad man it's just real real bad and they're not it's like it, it would be one thing if it was bad and they were they were actually being really transparent about about everything. Um, but it's it's bad and they are handling it badly. <laughs> and it is exacerbating this entire situation. Truly. So I I don't know. I don't want to see Bethesda fail. No, I really don't. I have a lot of love. For them, I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm not implying that you do. No, no, I don't, any, <laughs> nobody anyone. wants to see yeah. that. Like, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you know, I don't think you're implying it. It's just it's just worth mentioning because like, you know, this is going to come. You're going to come away from this feeling like we just took a giant shit on our friends in Maryland. But the fact is, like, they are they are. They are like the Hindenburg soaring, soaring to their destruction if they do not fix this somehow uh hello games pulled it mm. off but that was you know the upset of the century i don't know if, if yeah. uh, lightning can be caught in a bottle twice in the same decade yeah right on mm. you know and meanwhile there's the outer worlds to get excited about yeah so let's let's actually let's let's pivot here because um that that is a uh, a great bit of news along with some some other kind of cool stuff that came out of the video game awards the other day so uh chris what is outer worlds outer worlds the game that was announced at the game awards if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. it is a game built by a company called obsidian and for the fallout devoted you know that obsidian is the game that was originally founded by ex-members of, I think it was Black Isle Studio, the original creators of yes. the Fallout franchise. They also were the 
company that made Fallout New Vegas a much-loved recent addition to the franchise. Well, Obsidian announced a whole new IP called The Outer Worlds, which basically looks like a direct mashup of Fallout New Vegas and Firefly. Like, pretty much dead on, I'd say. There's space sci-fi elements, there's uh, Old West kind of elements, and one thing that they went out of their way to show you is just how open the world is with traditional text dialogue, skill checks for different responses and actions, you know, like an RPG. Yes. I, for one, am as excited one can be for a game without pre-ordering it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Um, so there, there's a, a, a video, and actually um, in our show notes, actually, I'll include a link to just the uh, kind of a roundup of um, the video game award announcements, and it'll be on there. But um, uh, it, uh, it looks great. It looks like a lot of fun. There was also an announcement from our uh, friends who make Far Cry. Yeah. I think they're all smelling <laughs> blood in the water. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So um, this was this is out of the blue. Um, I really did not expect this at all. Um, so um, I should mention, um, if you have not played Far Cry 5, what I'm about to say is a bit of a spoiler. Um, so if you don't want to hear the spoiler, 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 stop listening. So Far Cry 5 ends, uh, with you, uh, trapped in a bunker with the primary antagonist of the game, uh, after he and his cult have launched and detonated the nuclear missiles that they had uh, set up. Um, and so this uh, uh, trailer came out um, that it's called Far Cry New Dawn, and it is a continuation of the region post uh, nuclear fallout. So I don't know if it's a standalone game or well, it is a standalone game. Uh, I don't know if it's designed to be uh, a DLC. I don't think so. But <laughs> it, it's kind of like a Blood Dragon um, type thing. I think if, if you played Far Cry 3, um, uh, there was a subsequent release called Blood Dragon, which was a standalone thing that just used some similar, uh, some of the same assets, but, uh, you know, ch- changed a lot of stuff too. Um, so I think it's kind of kind of like that. Uh, and it looks really cool. And that uh, video will be in the release as well or in the I'm show notes as well idiot. i didn't make that connection i didn't of course like that's amazing <laughs> i didn't realize it yeah. that's how you reuse <laughs> the map but still like exactly <laughs> that's a, such a good idea oh my god that's so cool. yeah yeah so uh i'm excited about that that's coming out soon that's coming out in february wow. um so that's that's right around the corner yeah oh my goodness that's that's amazing yeah, and did anybody win yeah, I the game awards? That is that a is that a thing people do? I mean, I think so. Uh, I don't. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I can't be bothered to read. Gives a shit. Who Honestly, like won. it's like you know, it's like 
some people's opinions of stuff. Great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not really into award shows. Um, that'll be that'll come as no, to, no surprise to anybody. I'm sure <laughs> I, I am an expert in my own opinion and that basic. That's yeah, 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 my expertise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, some some good stuff out of the video game awards. So that was exciting to see. And I, I just wasn't expecting either of those. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So I guess we should probably pivot to some of the not so fun things going on. Here I am, the bearer of yeah. bad news. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, so what's... Uh... From the land down under, the government of Australia has recently approved some insanely large and sweeping new powers into law. This is this is official on the books law in Australia, where basically all companies that want to do business in Australia now have to build in encryption backdoors to all of their products and give those keys over to the government. What? Dude. <laughs> I get. Once again, we have to go back to what this really is, is a law that forces math not to work the way math works, which is <laughs> insane. If you don't understand what I mean by that, here's the thing. You can't build a backdoor into encryption without that backdoor existing. If the backdoor exists... Anybody can exploit it. No matter how good your operational security is, it is ultimately run by human beings who will fuck up. And if you don't believe me, I cite every breach over the last several years that is constantly in the news. How, I mean, how many, you know, uh, uh, most recently Marriott Hotel exposing the credentials, personally identifiable information and credit cards of five hundred million people so it's it will happen and if your encryption provides a back door for whatever reason no matter how noble it will be exploited by people you do not anticipate exploiting it and um <laughs> that's just a fact you cannot have strong encryption and back doors it doesn't work because you are lowering the quality of the encryption inherently by building in this back door. Drives me insane. But here we are. Australia once again thinks that they can rewrite basic math and keep it all safe. Man, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. It's and it it's it's <laughs> it, it it it's it's based in in you know, a, a it's just a deep, deep hubris on the part of the people in charge of the government who think that this is a thing that's possible. Since it, yeah, Australia has a pretty bad track record with that. <laughs> this is this behavior is not new for them. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, they 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 have been pretty, uh, um, especially in uh, uh, like uh, environment stuff. Um, have been pretty bad about like protections for for that sort of thing um and i don't know i feel like this kind of falls in line with not seeing the broader picture and passing this sweeping legislation that ultimately is a really poor choice for the the populace at large you could say they're missing the forest for the scorpions yes 
or any other variety of dangerous creatures that your continent is infested with. My dream world would be for every freedom-loving country and company on the planet to stop selling things in Australia. And I'm sorry, friends down under, but this is insane. The only way to get this point across is to eliminate that influence from the network at large. It's it. I, I, I doubt it will happen, but it'll be interesting to see what a company like Apple, for instance, who prides themselves on being so pro personal freedom. What are they going to do? They cannot sell iPhones in Australia and provide encryption backdoors to their products and stay true to their stated goal of providing a personally secure device that they do not have the ability to backdoor. Yeah. Those are mutually exclusive things. So how the hell are they supposed to do that? I don't know. I hope that they just don't all sell their products in Australia. I'll tell you, if they if that were to come true, if that were if, if if major companies with products that people want to buy stopped selling in Australia over this issue, that would be that would be the way to to nip this in the bud real quick. That would kill that real quick. When you can't buy your brand new iPhone, you know, X eleven or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny for a whole lot <laughs> your iphone xorg um <laughs> i knew distributed computing model for <laughs> oh that's funny anyway <laughs> but seriously when you can't buy your brand new little doohickey because you know your government banned actual encryption that would get people pissed off enough that would get the outcry loud enough to hopefully change it. And I really hope it comes to fruition. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but here's a cool thing. Here's a really, really cool thing. Okay. And I mean, this one got this gets me excited on a level that like I, I haven't been this excited about a new, a new technology for a long time. Colin, would you agree? with me that the current state of processor hardware is in a real weird spot these days i would agree with that just just recap you know we've got we've got a situation where the predominant platform for computers on the platform on the on the planet excuse me which is the x86 or 64-bit version the amd64 version of the i386 architecture has been around for a very long time it has been very competitive for a very long time we have watched moore's law play out in the realm of x86 for a very very long time yes much much legacy <laughs> and we have seen massive issues attributed to that one company, Intel in particular, who led the pack of, of the CPU industry for a very, very long time without much competition from our dear friends at AMD, if we're being honest with ourselves. Well, just earlier this year, it was revealed there are deep, deep flaws in the silicon of these, chi of these chips in the 
systems that provide the optimization to to push speeds forward, right? The branch prediction systems of these chips that gave us the meltdown and specter vulnerabilities, hardwired, baked into the silicon itself. These are not vulnerabilities that you, you just, you know, program out without sacrificing much of the performance of this of, of these devices. And why am I making such a big deal out of this particular thing? Because because the creation and construction of those chips is all held as trade secret behind Intel and, and AMD's veil of corporate secrecy. Things like the management engine, which is a very low, low level backdoor into the chip. That's super handy when you're a sysadmin for over a million machines distributed across the planet and a massive security vulnerability for every other human being. Right. <laughs> the predominant architecture in mobile, ARM, it is an incredible technology with a totally different model where it has had its own problems, right? ARM, the CPUs in your Android phones and pretty much every other embedded device that you're using right now, what they companies license the instructions from a central company and then build their own versions of it, which is pretty cool. It's a much more open platform. It's still tied up in licensing deals and how you can use it and how much that costs and under what circumstances. And as a result, we've seen the creation of this massive, massive disconnected fleet of, of, of mobile devices running all sorts of different versions of Android and the other and this, that and the other thing at all sorts of different stage, stages of security patch level with no plans to update those at all from the people who made those phones. And so it th right. this system has bred its own set of, of, of horrible results for the end user. We need we desperately need a white knight, that sheriff, to ride into town to, to clean this mess up. And Colin, I think we finally might have it. Yeah, yeah. So um, th this, is, this is all fairly new to, to, to me. I mean, I, I, you know, Chris kind of put this on my radar uh, in the last 24 hours. Uh, but based, essentially, there's a company called uh, Risk Five, or sorry, Risk V. Getting my Roman numerals. The company, and... <laughs> the company is is, yeah, yeah. is sci five. The the architecture is risk Sorry. five. Risk five. Thank yeah. you. Or risk V. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, right. So the company is sci five, <laughs> and so uh, essentially what it looks like is that you can, and Chris, you know, jump in here when uh, my knowledge of this reaches its limit. <laughs> um, uh, essentially provides a a bespoke, uh, you know, design ability for uh, a CPU, right. you can design your own. And uh, uh, yeah, to design your own CPU, it's an open architecture, <laughs> uh, the risk five architecture right. is is a hardware open open source hardware in the sense that the, the designs, the plans, the, the the every bit of the CPU is open and available for the public to just use. And what the company, Sci-Fi, does is it takes those 
those designs and, 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 and that those building blocks, they take them and they provide custom solutions for companies that want to do a thing. So you want to build a phone. You want to build a phone, right? Let's say you want to build a phone that has some really special feature, like maybe you want a, an extremely precise GPS system in it. They can build you a chipset out of the RISC-V building blocks that will, like the hardware itself, acceleration at the hardware level, will provide the best, most optimized, purpose-built experience for that device. You can do this with graphics. You can do that with, 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 with anything because the building blocks are so malleable. And the big, big thing that just happened recently is they've got, they've got Debian Linux running on RISC-V. When I say Debian Linux, I don't just mean like, you know, there's a shell and it crashes all the time. I mean like full-blown server to desktop running applications. You can run Firefox on RISC-V today and it works. It's not super optimized because there's a lot of work going on still to these to 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 these chipsets to you know make them competitive in terms of performance but as we've seen with other platforms that can speed up very quickly and what's very interesting is the mm -hmm. response this company is getting is astronomical there is a deep mm -hmm. industry desire to be able to build your own chipsets purpose-built without being somebody like Google or Microsoft. There's all yeah, of these other use that, cases. That has just the the legacy bloat <laughs> from how old you know those other architectures are. Um, and this allows you, yeah, uh, you know, uh, purpose-driven and open source hardware. Um, I mean, that's combined with open source software. It's, I mean, that's great. And even if you run your proprietary whatever on top of it, the, you know, just the ability to benefit from the distributed work across the planet to optimize these, these chips is going, it, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. I cannot articulate. We will see risk five in devices within five years. And it will be very interesting to see what kind of growth it goes through. Because one thing that you should you should watch the Linus Tech video that we linked because he's going to do a much better job of explaining how this particular facet works. But the potential to optimize these chips and the, the potential to eat performance out of this architecture is so much further along than they're actually building right now. The, the, they, the projected ability that they will be able to, to, to make, you know, manifest from, from these designs over time mm -hmm. is so, so much more than we're currently able to achieve with the silicon we have. Yeah. Yeah, man. It it's is exciting. exciting. It's, it's really time, cool. man. I, I, it's been a long time since something disruptive like that has come, come about. I think yeah. that's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And how. Oh, one last thing we should probably talk about for all of us, for yeah. all of you people stuck on Windows 10. <sighs> Colin, I know you're a giant fan of the Microsoft Edge browser. I know you use it all of the time. 
for all of the things. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 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 Your joke is hurting me, Chris. It's, it's like the words, the words are burning into my eardrums. Well, maybe you'll find yourself using it just a little bit more frequently now as Microsoft has announced that they are dropping the rendering engine that they've been developing for oh so long behind Edge and replacing it with the Chromium engine. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Edge is going to join the ranks of Chrome, Brave, Vivaldi, and pretty much, unfortunately, nearly every other browser on the planet. Opera, good, good example. And simply ship the back end that powers Google Chrome itself. Great. I'm kind of pissed about this, actually. To be honest, I think that this is a really bad move. I think it's a great move for Microsoft, the company. But I think it's a horrible move for humanity at large. <laughs> I mean, every that's it. That's, that's kind of the ballgame. I mean, Firefox is the only browser with any market share at all that does not ship the Chromium backend. And they're right. sitting at like 6% market share. I use, I'm using Firefox right now. I love it. I love the new Firefox. It is, it outperforms Chrome by a third or more all of the time. It's mm-hmm. really good. But this is an eclipsing, um, an absolute eclipsing of market share by the Chromium back end. Like, like, and, and, and by, you know, and de facto, Google's ability to control the stack that people use to experience the internet. Yeah. Yeah, just got a little bigger. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, you're right. That's uh, in, in the kind of broad scope of this, this is not great for everyone else. I have a theory uh, as to why, you know, I mean, Microsoft wants you to believe that they are now the open source company, right? That's what they want you to believe. They want you to think is that it's all about open source over at Microsoft. Well, if you read about how they've been distributing their Windows 10 updates, um, I think that you can pretty conclusively say that they are not. And how dare you (laughs) make that claim? Fuck you. 1809 still hasn't... uh... Still hasn't landed, has it? The dude, <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare over there. It's like, oh my god, for the... I can't, I can't. I, I, it's like I'm, I'm actually going to get upset. Like if I understand, understood. It's, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Meanwhile, over here, I updated uh, nine Linux servers last night with um, no issues at all. So anyway, the um, <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even. So, I think if Microsoft really wanted to prove their commitment to open source, adopting the Firefox servo engine would have been a great way to do so. And putting all of their developer brain power to that would have been an amazing way to do so. But that's not what they choose chose to do. And I think I know why, Colin. You know what my theory is? I got a good. I think I got a good what? theory on this. What sure. was? Microsoft's most recent big 
public purchase. I don't remember. Okay. GitHub <laughs> is the answer. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. I should listen to our own show. <laughs> I'm a little out of touch, folks. It's been a while. It's yes, been a while. It's yes. like riding a bike. If I get on, on, yeah. on with, you know, with sea legs. Anyway. They bought GitHub. GitHub owns a piece of technology, a piece of open source technology called Electron. Electron is a Chromium engine that is tailored to provide desktop integration for your applications so that you can run and, or sorry, so you can write your desktop application in the web technology that you're familiar with, you know, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And it will run on every platform, including Windows, Mac OS, Linux, and Android and iOS. Electron is extremely powerful. It's also extremely poorly optimized. Sucks on RAM. Just cr brings your computer to a crawl from time to time because it's literally bundling an entire instance of, a, of an internet browser inside of an application to read pages as though they were, you know, views inside of your application, providing all of the niceties to hook into your notification system and the audio subsystems and all, all of the little bits inside of your desktop provides all of the hooks for that. And because Microsoft purchased GitHub, Microsoft owns Electron. Damn. I'm looking at my desktop right now. I bet you I'm not alone in how many of the applications that are running currently are Electron apps. Like, just go down the list. Uh, Spotify. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, Slack. Yep. I think a few people run Slack. Uh, I think that might be true. Uh, Telegram. I think that also might be a pretty popular uh, application. Yep. Uh, Visual Studio Code <laughs> might be a popular Electron <laughs> application. And the list goes on. You know, I mean, it's, they're, they're, it's becoming ubiquitous. Discord, for instance, is another very popular Electron application. Word. So I think this has a lot more to do with Microsoft wanting to control application development as a platform rather than the browser itself. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. And in a sense, I think that this is a signal that Microsoft believes that the browser wars are to are, are done. Mm. So you can draw your own conclusions from there. Yeah. <laughs> There's my doggie. Hi, Bruce. Nice to see you. My dog Bruce <laughs> just wanted to come and say hi on the show. Bruce a boost. So, do you have uh, a happy this week? I do. Do you have a happy this week? Um. Yeah. Well, it's been a weird respect. week. Respect, <laughs> respect, brother. Well, I'm going to talk very briefly about Ansible. Ansible is really cool. Ansible is sounds like a magic word too, doesn't it? <laughs> Ansible is just a 
very, very, very simple tool that lets you define the state of computers. It's like a programming language that lets you at be as high level or granular as you want, define how you want computers to behave. And you can use it to orchestrate tens or hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of computers working in tandem with the same code base. Allows you to share this code base with other people so that they too can enjoy the benefits of your granular configuration. And I started playing with it yesterday, and it, Colin, in one fell swoop, I took one day and two hours of, of training material. In one day, I completely replaced the my entire server management infrastructure with something that works way, way, way more simply and requires way, 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 way less overhead, both in terms of compute power and brain power. Nice. It's amazing. Dude, you leveled up. Holy shit. I mean, it's going to condense hours of my life into minutes is what it's what it's going to do. Amazing. That's great, dude. Yes, that's great. Beautiful. I'm so impressed with it. Ansible is I, I mean, now I'm 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 Ansibleizing all of the things I'm working on making Ansible playbook because that so you store your configurations and, and, and your sort of uh, runs your runtimes, if you will, in, in these things called playbooks that both define the state and also uh, let you, you know, configure operations sequentially, right? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm ansibleizing the, you know, my setup for my, for my desktop, right? So like, you know, or when I start on my desktop, what are the applications I install? And, you know, how does it look? And what are the themes that I want? And all of that stuff. You can do that all the way up to like, you know, crazy server configurations for, you know, hundreds of thousands of machines. It's a beautiful nice. thing. That's great, dude. That's awesome. And 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 anybody can read it. It's truly it's it it it's it's going to change my life. It really will. That's awesome. That's great. And this was just the other day, right? Like, yeah, I started like working with it in earnest yesterday. Word. So I'm super excited. There's a That's lot. Super exciting. That's great. Yeah, there's a lot of runway here, and uh, I'll be I'll be sure to report back when I when I do something actually worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, cool, man. So I guess that's the show. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. For this, our first our first episode of season two. I think uh, I'm not sure how the naming's gonna go. I I don't I don't know yet. Where you'll figure it out by the time you're watching or rather listening to this episode, we'll have that figured out. Uh, but by all means, reach out to us <coughs> on social media <laughs> because we're actually going to be there now. Fantastic. Uh, I am at Kaliali11. I am at Fluxola. We also have a joint account at Cast the Shine. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, we have a website, shinypodcast.com. You can email us as well. We really would like to hear from you if you have suggestions for the show, things you'd like us to talk about. Certainly, if you have any complaints, uh, hello at shinypodcast.com. Big, big changes have happened, so, so please let us know how we're doing. Yes, and if you feel so inclined, I can't stress enough, reviews, online reviews, make a big difference. If you could take just a couple of minutes to write a, a thing, 
uh, especially on iTunes, um, that would be very much appreciated. And I hear, I have it on good on authority, on good authority, that you might even have it. Let's see. Thanks for listening, friends. It's good to be back. Bye-bye. Shit, I think I was pretty much perfect. Yeah, right on.